We should spread around. We'll make flyers. We'll let everyone know at 2 o'clock we are all going to get up out of our chairs and we're going to walk out the door to let the school know that they can't stick it to us. All right, yeah, yeah. Revolution just without the firearms and the mass death and destruction. So it was kind of like that. It was... It was like we didn't set anything on fire. It, we were just simply walking out of the school. It, wasn't, it was pretty awesome to us, though. And we were going to go across the street to get French fries at a French fry place called Bocce's. So uh, the day rolled around. We've been talking about this all week. We've been handing out flyers. The principal of the school even got up on the PA and said, anyone who walks out will be suspended and their parents will be called. And I was like, I get suspended all the time. My parents are always called. That's not a threat. I was like, let's do it. So I talked to my friend, like, we're going to do this. And we're talking, like, so at school, you have different groups of friends, okay? And it's just, and it's the same way kind of at church, too. And this isn't a bad thing. Like, you have your really close group of friends, like the people that, like, the ride or die, kind of like, they're, you're, you're, they have your back no matter what. Then you have, like, kind of your bigger group of friends, like people that, you know, you know, and, you know, you're, you're buddies with, you hang out. Like, if it's like, if everyone's going to a movie, it's like, oh, yeah, let's invite those people. And then you have, like, the wider group of friends, you know, they're more like acquaintances. Maybe you know their name, uh, but you know you don't know you don't know what they you know what they look like, but you don't know facts about them. They're not close friends. You wouldn't invite them to your birthday party. Like when you're when you're fit, like facing a life struggle, like those wouldn't be the people you'd call. Those are like the outside you know acquaintances friends. But me and my close group of friends, like it was me and three guys. We were like, all right, we're going to do this. We're watching the clock. We're sitting in Spanish class, which I know very little Spanish because. You know, we were always planning these walkouts. And I'm watching the clock, and it's clicking. It's clicking. I didn't have an eye watch back then. It's clicking, and eventually it gets to 2 o'clock. And you know what I do at 2 o'clock? Look at my buddies. We all stand up, waiting for everyone else to stand up. No one else stands up. We, uh, the four of us stand up, and we start walking toward the door. No one is following us. We get into the hallway alone. No one's in the hallway, just me and my buddies. And we're walking out the door of the school. No one's behind us, just me and my four friends. And we walk down the stairs to the loving arms of our principal who escorted us back in and called our parents, which my mom said, well, you know, my kid's awesome and I didn't get in trouble at all, but I did get suspended and I got to stay home and watch movies all day. And here's the thing. That experience, that experience with my closest friends, I'll remember for the rest of my life. You know, here's the truth. I think that we all want friendships like that, but very rarely do we know how to go about getting friendships like that. Okay, if you might think to yourself, well, I want a friendship like that, but here's the problem. Sometimes we don't give ourselves the time to create depth in our friendships. Like we don't give ourselves the space to have deep friendships. See, the depth of friendship matters. You know, I wouldn't have been able to plan this school walkout thing with just a bunch of acquaintances I barely knew. Like, being able to get with my closest friends, and you know, what defines a closest friend? Everyone has a different definition. Here are some of my definitions. If, if you know your friend, if you have friends and you, you're quicker with their Instagram handle than you are their birthday, like, that's, that's maybe a sign that you don't have a deep depth of friendship. Like, it's great you know their Instagram handle, But like that's just like a thing on social media, like an app that might not even be around in five years. Do you know your friend's birthday? Like that's like important, okay? All right, here's another one. Here's another one. This is a quick little like quick little definition, okay? Um, When you see people, when I see my friends, okay, I may see that something is wrong with my friend, or I may see that they're they're happy about something. Like you'll see a person's emotion on them, but a real friend 
knows why they are emotional like that. So you may see a friend who's really happy, but if they're your friend, you know why they're happy. Or if you see a friend and they're really sad, well then you probably know why they're sad. It's the difference between seeing something and knowing something. See, you, people will see things, but friends, friends will know things. You know, depth of friendship matters. And I want you to write this down. How we move from shallow to deep friendships, that is a really important question. How do we move from shallow to deep? You know, sometimes we've allowed our friendships to become just that, very shallow. Even in life groups sometimes. You know, I was with my life group this week. I'm not picking on them. I love my life group. I think they're the best. But they were crazy this week. They were crazy this week. They were moving around. They were, they were like tearing up this person's house we were at. They were just, they weren't sitting down to talk. You know, they, when, we, when we did get them down to talk, like it was really hard for them to share. And I feel like one of the things is when it comes to friendship, like there has to be like this, this mutual level of trust and of buy-in to whatever we're doing. You know, we try and create that in life groups. You know, what's my prayer for my sixth grade group? Well, my prayer for my sixth grade group is that they learn to count on each other and be there for each other. You know, my prayer for my sixth grade group is that when they're in seventh grade and when they're in eighth grade, that they can look around and they can know that the people around them have their back. See, knowing your friendship is about, knowing your friends is about knowing them. It's about knowing them. It's about spending the time to get to know them. You know, friendship is a time commitment. You have to be willing to give the time to get to know them. You have to be willing to make it a priority in your schedule. You know, for friends, friends just aren't people you see at school and then you never talk to. You know, friends are people that when things are tough, they're reaching out to you like at home. They're calling you. They're, maybe they're emailing you. They're encouraging you. They're sending you a postcard. Like they're letting you know that they're your friend. Okay, so we're going to be talking about Josh, one of, uh, one of the students in junior high. His name is Josh Wong. And we're going to be doing a thing for him at the end of service, okay? Now here's the thing about Josh. Josh, I consider to be a good friend of mine. How do I know that Josh is a good friend of mine? Well, Josh is in the hospital right now. And I go and visit him and I sit there with him. And, you know, he's sedated. He's not awake right now. The doctors have him asleep. So it, it's, it's not a two-way friendship right now. You know, he's not talking to me, asking me how things are going. I'm just sitting there. I'm just holding his hand. And I'm just talking to him. And you're like, wait, wait. He's not awake. You're just talking to him. He's just asleep. Yeah, yeah, I talk to him. He, you know, he might remember the stuff I talk about. If he remembers the stuff I talk about, he's going to know a lot of stuff about you guys because I talk about you guys to him. I'm like, man, I'm like, Josh... You know, you know, Cliff, you know, in my life group, Ryan Cliff, there's this girl he likes. And I tell him all the details about it. I tell him everything about it, okay? I tell him everything about it, all right? And I'm like, and Valerie, you know, Valerie, the eighth grader, you know, and I tell him everything about Valerie. Be like, you know what? You know, she's single. You might want to talk to her when you wake up, Josh. Like, I tell him everything. I tell him everything. And, it, and it's a two-way friendship because, see, listen to the thing. It's a two-way friendship. Even though right now it's just me talking to Josh, it's a two-way friendship because I am willing to invest the time into Josh because we are friends. Friends are people. It's about knowing things about them. It's about taking the time to do that. Now, here's the thing. There's an incredible story in the Bible about friendship. I want to look at it. I want to learn something together out of God's word. It's out of the book of Mark, chapter 2. So if you have your red Bibles, I want you to open them up. We're going to look only at the first couple verses, but I want you to write the whole, like, the whole thing down, um, 1 through 12, because I want you to read it at home. I think it's an incredible story of friendship. So if you have your Bibles, open them up. And we're only going to read the first couple verses 
But I kind of want to explain what's happening here, okay? So Jesus is known somewhat at this point, okay? We, if you don't know who Jesus is, I'll quickly explain. He was the son of God. You know, John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. So Jesus is that only son that God had that he sent into the world for us. And he's 100% God and 100% man, and that might not make sense to you, but we can talk about it some other time. So he was there and he was traveling around doing miracles and he was healing people and he was teaching God's word. He was doing incredible things. And he was going back to a place that he's been before. Now here's the thing. I don't want to make light of how great God is, but the story, you might miss the big point of the story if you don't listen closely. So I want us to all listen closely. This is what it says out of the chapter two, verses one. I'll start with verse one. When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. So this is a place that Jesus had been before. The people in the town knew who Jesus was. It was not a mystery who Jesus was. They knew who Jesus was. And they knew who Jesus was healing people, doing miracles. Like they knew who this guy Jesus was. He was back home. This is what it says in verse two. Soon, the house where they were staying was so packed with visitors, there was no room, even outside the door. Now here's the thing. So I want us to be very clear, okay? So this is someone that's known. So imagine this, LeBron James shows up, okay? Who's a big fan of LeBron James? Who's a, who's a fan? All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Taylor Swift, who likes Taylor Swift? Yeah, here we go, Taylor Swift. I love Taylor Swift. So Taylor Swift, the word goes out that Taylor Swift is coming to Mariners, okay? And Taylor Swift is here inside. She's hanging out, playing worship. And this place is packed. The loft is packed outside and the patio is packed. It's packed out there on the sidewalk. Everywhere it's packed. There's no room to move around. Well, why is that? Well, it's because people know who Taylor Swift is. They know what she does. They're fans of her. That's why this place was packed where Jesus was. Because everyone knew who Jesus was. They knew what Jesus was capable of doing. The place was packed because they wanted to see what was happening. Everybody was there. It was, there was no room to move, no room to get through. And that is when a group of people show up. This is so incredible. I want you to see this, okay? Verse number three. Four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Now, this is the most important three words of this story. And I want you not to miss it. I want you to listen because if you miss these three words, you're not going to get the entire story. Verse 5. Seeing their faith... Jesus said to the paralyzed man, and then he goes on to forgive his sins, and he later goes on to heal the man of being paralyzed. But I, I want you to gra grab this, the first three words. Seeing their faith. Now, here's the thing. These four friends of this paralyzed man knew what friendship was in a difficult time. If you think of someone who's paralyzed, I mean, they can talk. You know, they can look around. They can crack jokes. They can't play football. You know, they can't, you know, go and go running with you. They can't go and, you know, easily get into a restaurant or the movies with you. They can't, you know, follow you on Instagram and leave comments because their hands don't work because they're paralyzed. So this paralyzed man had these four friends that truly 
had his back. Now, this is what's so amazing, okay? This is what's so amazing. And you, I don't want you to miss this, because if you miss this, it's like you miss everything, okay? Back then, you have to think context of the Bible. Not context of what it means today, the context of what Mark wrote this to be and the context of the time. Because if you don't understand the context, it's like it, it just didn't happen. Back then, people who were with disease, illness, physical illness, like being paralyzed, they were not treated well. They were treated poorly. They would be left on the side of the road at times, people would not take care of them. They would lay there. There was a pool that, that people would lay at. And there, there was this thing, and the angel would come down, and they'd touch the pool, and the first person to get into the pool, they would be healed. So people would stay by this pool and just wait you know, hours and months and sometimes years, you know, hoping that if the angel touches the water, they can be the first one and be healed. People did not look out for people with disease and illness. But these four friends looked out for their friend who was paralyzed. These four friends did things differently than how everyone else did things. Everyone else looked at people who, you know, were paralyzed or had, you know, something wrong with them. You know, they, you know and I think of me, you know, I have ADHD, okay? Okay, I took my medication today, but it hasn't totally kicked in yet. That's why I'm a little bit, you know, ah. all right? So listen, listen. I have ADHD, and it's hard when I was growing up for some people to be my friends. See, because for me, I couldn't just stay on topic. Like, I would be on topic, and then I would immediately, like, go, like, bonkers. Like, I would just, and it was hard for people to be my friends. Like, it was hard for people to, you know, you know stay committed to me, because sometimes I, you know, embarrassed them. Or sometimes I did things that were inappropriate, or weird, or odd. Like, it was hard for me sometimes in that, okay? And it's true. But I had friends that stuck by me, just like this paralyzed guy had friends that stuck by him. See, here's the thing. This is the point of view of the friends. This is probably, these are some of the things that they were probably thinking. I'm going to put up here on the screen. I want you to, uh, to read over them. Uh, I'm going to read over them with you. Here they are. The, the friends were probably thinking, you would do the same for us. Do you have a friend like that? Like a friend who, you know, if you're there for them or you're t helping them, it's like they would do the same for me. Like this is the kind of friends they were. We will find a way. Like there's no way through the crowd. So we're gonna dig, we're gonna dig a hole through this person's roof. It wasn't their house. Dig a hole through this stranger's roof because we believe that strongly that Jesus can heal them. We will find a way. Doesn't matter what other people think. We're gonna get into that in a second. You know, sometimes we define our friendships by what other people think. You know, that's a sad thing, but I know that it's true. You know, we think maybe there's some kind of like a social hierarchy. You know, if you're in this crowd, you can't be friends with people from this crowd, and you maybe are friends with this crowd at school, and, but if you see someone that you saw at church, you kind of act like you don't know them because you don't want your school friends knowing about your church friends, and we draw these really upsetting lines between friendships. So it actually keeps friendships from growing when we do that. You know, and, and people had opinions on this. Doesn't matter what others think. That's what these friends were thinking. If anyone's going to have your back, it will be us. You know, that was me and my friends. You know, I hope you have friends like that. Friends, it's like, you know what? If something's going down, like, I'm going to have your back no matter what. Like, if things are tough, if, you know, if there's, if, you know, there's an argument happening and, like, you know, someone's being mean to you, if you need help studying, if you need encouragement, if you're going through, like, a really tough time, uh, you know, there's, uh, I, I'm not going to point this person out, but Josh has a sister, and I know her sister's in a life group, and I know her life group has been, like, encouraging her and being there for, like, during a really tough time. Like, that's what really good friends do. If anyone's going to have your back, it's going to be us. 
Now, here's the thing. Not everyone saw friendship like this and loved it. This is, it goes on in chapter 2, so look back at your Bibles. This is what it said. But some of the teachers of the religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking, so he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, walked through the stunned onlookers, very important, they were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. The crowd had some strong opinions, okay? Now, here's the thing. If you are part of a healthy friendship, if you have a healthy friendship, chances are people who do not have a friendship like that, who wish they had a friendship like that, will look at your friendship and make some criticisms or make some observations, some thoughts, and they're not always positive. You know, here's a list of things that the crowd was thinking. I'm going to put up here on the screen. These are some of the things they were thinking, okay? Verse 12, we've never seen anything like this before. Now, I don't want to minimize what Jesus did because what Jesus did was incredible, but I want to explain this, okay? So this man was healed, his sins were forgiven, and he was healed from being paralyzed. Now here's the thing, I don't want to rob Jesus of the glory of doing a miracle like that, that's a really big deal, but I do want to say this, Jesus did not heal this person just because, you know, he was just walking around healing people that day. Like, he didn't heal this person because the paralyzed guy looked at him and said, will you heal me, Lord? And Jesus said, okay. Like, he didn't heal him because he just ran into him accidentally and said, oh my gosh, you're a paralyzed guy. Like, you should, you know, get up and walk. I'm going to heal you. That's not why Jesus did it. This is why Jesus did it. Jesus did it because he looked at the faith of his friends, that's what the Bible says, and healed him. He looked at the friends, and this is what he said. Don't forget this, okay? If you're taking notes, you need to write this down, like circle it, okay? This is what it says in verse 5. Seeing their faith, Jesus said. The people who were looking on have never seen a friendship like this that would result in Jesus doing miracles. Like, this was astonishing to the people around them. To the people who, to them, it's like, well, if you're paralyzed, or if you're sick, or if you're not well, like, you're just minimalized and minimized by society. Like, if you're not what we would consider to be, like, perfect or okay, like, you're just kind of put aside and forgotten about. And the people looking on were just like, oh my gosh, Jesus healed this man because of his friend's faith? That's crazy. Like, it blew their minds. Like, essentially, Jesus is saying that the friends we have, the people we surround ourselves with, have a spiritual influence in us. Like, it's not just a friendship. I'm like, you know, let's go buy some clothes. Let's go paint our nails. Let's go trim our toenails together. Let's go, you know, let's go, you know, comb our hair. I know that you guys, you know, McCann and Cliff love combing hairs together. Let's go comb our hair. Let's go massage our toes or, you know, whatever boys do. I don't even know what you guys do. Yeah, boys love massaging toes. You play sports? Okay, you're the only one. They're looking at this and saying, oh my gosh, like this friendship is not just a friendship around common interests or things that they like to do. This is a friendship built on faith, built on strong, God-centered, Jesus-centered faith. 
Jesus is saying that the friends you have have influence in your spiritual life. That is not a small thing. The crowd was saying this. Can you believe what they are doing? Like, have you ever seen, like, a friend, like, do something for another friend that's incredible? And, you know, and maybe you don't understand it at the time. You know, when I was in school, uh, I, was, I was walking, and I saw this girl crying. It was very sad. And I saw her friend, you know, and I was kind of watching for a little bit. I saw her friend kind of come up and put hit her hand on her shoulder, and they kind of hugged. And, and then her friend started crying, too. And I don't know what they were crying about, but it's like, man, I'm like, I, I've never done that with my friends. It's just like they're crying, and then I start crying with them. And this is when I was really young, and girls are... are emotionally a little bit more developed than boys are in that way. No offense, boys, but it's just true. So girls can kind of understand those emotions differently. And, but I've, you know, I think of the Bible and I'm like, man, if I was to see friends digging a hole through someone's roof, I'd be like, are you serious? Like, are you really doing that? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. But you know what? A really strong friendship sometimes doesn't make sense to people who are outside of those friendships. Like, if you're really tight with someone, like, if you, like, you know, sometimes friends kind of speak their own language, like, if you have that kind of a friend, which is a good thing, this is a good thing to have that level of friendship. Remember, you kind of have your core group of friends, then you kind of have a little wider, you know, you know, people's names, you know, know, you know, some things about them, and then you have the wider circle of friends, the acquaintances, people who don't really know, maybe you know their name or what they look like. It's good to have that close group of friends. And they were looking at this, like, you know what I'm saying, here's another one. I wish I had that. You know, there's probably a jealousy factor here, especially the, the teachers of the law. You know, no one liked them. And, you know, they, they were just the worst. And they're probably looking at this and saying, and maybe you've said this. Listen, I know I've said this. You look at a really strong friendship and you're like, man, I wish I had a friendship like that. Like, I wish that was me. Like, that, oh, man, like, look at what they're doing. And look at, the, you know, they're not alone. You see the photos on Instagram, and you're like, oh, I wish I had that. Well, you know, the thing is, you don't get that by just knowing people's Instagram handles. You get that by depth of friendship. You get that from deep, real relationship, being there for each other, knowing things about each other. Like, you don't get that by surface level, you know, shenanigans. You get that kind of friendship by, like, deep, real, what's going on in your life, I'm there for you kind of friendships. You know, who would do that for me? You know, when I read this story, that's that's the first thing I thought. You know, if that was me paralyzed on a mat, and Jesus was, you know, somewhere in Woodbridge healing people, and you couldn't get through, who would be the four people that grab a corner of my mat and pick me up and take me over there and dig a hole through the roof? Do I have friendships that are like that? And listen to the thing, only you can answer that. But that's a legitimate question. That's a question I asked. Because here's the thing, when it comes to friendship, like it's not just about the people we have on a list. It's not just about the people we follow and we think they're our friends. It's about the depth of our friendship. You know, here's the thing. Sometimes we make friendship and we count all the wrong things. You know, here's what I want you to wrap up with. And I want you to write this down because this is important. What we count when we take account of our friendships matter. What we count, it's, I think it's the second to last one. What we count when we take account of our friendships depth, depth matters. When we take account of the friendships we have, when we take account of what makes those friendships what they are, when we take account of what is included in these friendships, is this a friendship based on being there for each other, knowing each other, going deeper with one another, sharing with one another? When we take account of that, 
you know, what do we find? Or do we count our friendships by the, you know, well, if, I, if they don't like my photo on Instagram, they must not be my friend. Listen, if you're using Instagram as any kind of a measuring stick of friendships with people, then you really, I really hope you paid attention today. Because, like, you gotta wake up. Because I'm telling you, I talk to students all the time, and they're like, well, you know, <clears throat> they're not really my friend. Like, I posted this thing, and they, they took them, like, 10 minutes to like it. Like, you know, I don't know. But in a, and then I say on Instagram, they were hanging out with these other people, and it's like, I don't know. I'm like, dude, 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 you got to relax. You're talking about an app on a phone being the measuring stick of the health of your friendships. you got to wake up. You gotta wake up, you just can't do that. Because here's the thing, and this is the bottom line for today. I want you guys to all write this down. We're gonna put, on, put it up on Instagram of all things later. But we're gonna put this down because listen, friendships is less about your likes count and more about how you love friends that counts. And we forget that every day we forget that. Students, listen to me. It pains me when I see people forget this because you will count the most insignificant things to determine the kind of friendships you have, but the most important things about friendships you miss out on. You know, this is what I want you to remember. And it comes out of the book of 1 John. We're not going to put it up on the screen, even though there's a slide, we're not going to put it up. Uh, I just want you to write it down. 1 John 4 7 through 16, okay? We're not going to put it up on the screen, but I'm going to read a verse of this, okay? 1 John 4, 7 through 16. I'm only going to read a couple verses. You're going to go home. You're going to read it yourselves. You're going to learn something yourself. Dear friends, this is how God starts off this passage. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not Anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Listen, listen. Friendship is less about your likes count and more about how you love friends that counts. Read 1 John 4. Read this story in Mark. And this is what we're going to do. We have five minutes left, and this is how I want to spend the last five minutes. Like I said, we have a student named Josh Wong. Okay? He is a friend of mine. He is a friend of our life group. He is a friend of junior high because he is a part of this group, okay? And he's in the hospital, and he's fighting a brain tumor. And here's the thing. I believe God does miracles. If Jesus was somewhere, I know. I, listen, I want you to know this, okay? I asked Josh. I went through this passage with him before he went into surgery. Not a lot of people know that. So I'm sharing something with you that is semi-private. Before he went into surgery, uh, they were doing a biopsy on the tumor. I sat with him, and I, and I read through this passage with him. It was the week he was here at church in the wheelchair, if, you, if anyone remembers that. And I opened up, I read this through them, and I said, Josh, who are the four people you'd pick? And you know what he said to me? He said, me, he said, his dad, and he named one guy from life groups and one guy from his baseball team. Because he knows that he has people that love him and care about him that much. That is who Josh is. So we are going to show Josh love back, and we're going to show we care about him back. And this is how we're going to do it. Over there are postcards. If you want to write a postcard to Josh, we are going to give them to him and his family to read to him as he's recovering. It can be lengthy. You can use a couple. Do what you got to do. But if you want to write a note of encouragement, of I'm praying for you, I've had a friend who's gone through surgery stuff, I've had a family member who has, I know what it's like, I can relate, write him a note. We're also going to be doing a piece of art for him, a mosaic, and we're going to use the post-it notes in the back. All we ask is that you write down a word, 
a verse, something of encouragement to him that we can collect all of them from junior high and put it together in a nice piece of art that we're going to do. Doesn't have to, don't overthink it. We love you. God's going to heal you. I can, I've been there. Strength. Just a word that makes sense to you. And then outside, Kristen's going to be leading, leading some prayer groups. If you want to go out there, maybe you have questions about what's happening with Josh. You just want to pray. Uh, you just want to talk. Like, I'll be out there too. I'll kind of be roaming around, but I'll be out there. And then uh, Paige will be out there um, with an iPad recording short videos. He loves these short videos. We record them. Different people have recorded them, and they play them for Josh. And it's just, hey, jo it's 15 seconds long. Hey, Josh, I'm... I'm Reese. I'm in junior high. I want you to know that I'm praying for you. I hope you get well soon, buddy. We'll see you back when, you, when you're out of the hospital. Simple. Simple. But it's an encouragement to Josh and to his family. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to pray for us. They're going to play some music to kind of set the stage. Uh, and then there's stuff outside. There's stuff in here. But use the minutes you have left to make an impact for this student, Josh, because he is a friend of ours. And friendship is about depth. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, you are good. I am thankful for you, God. I'm thankful for every student in this room, God. I'm thankful for how you made all of us. And I'm thankful for Josh. I'm thankful for how you made him. I'm thankful for the deep relationships he has. God, I believe that you can heal, you can restore. And God, I know that Josh believes in you, Jesus. So he is healed. He is restored. Um, he has freedom because he has you in his life. Uh, physically heal him so he can join us back um, in JHM where he is a part of the family. Bless the students as they show love and encouragement toward Josh. Dear friends, let us love one another because love comes from God. Let that be something we think about this week. We thank you and we pray this in your name. Amen. Uh, hey, this is not a quiet thing, so don't feel like you've got to be quiet. Go around. There's postcards. There's post-it notes. There's stuff outside. I love you guys. Enjoy the music. I'll see you next week.
Treasure waits within your scars. 
harmonies on We're doing masterpiece. practice the harmonies on masterpieces.
And that's been known to change the weather. Heaven when I die, to hear all 
What's that feedback? That's right. All right, we got another one. Ready? Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Sweet Lord, sweet chariot, coming forth to carry me home. Sweet Lord. A little more dynamics. Sweet chariot, coming forth to carry me home. Oh, stop it. Wait, do you know this one? I was born by the river. He was born by the river. What if, what if Black Baby Unicorn sang Negro Spirituals? Will you go turn off that guitar volume? Take the knob on the end and turn it down. Oh, Caitlin's got it. Okay, ready? Ready? This is Black Baby Unicorn singing a Negro Spiritual. She'll sing this one with me. Ready? As I went down the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear a robe and crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Oh, babies, let's go. <laughs> oh, babies, let's go down. Let's go down. Come on down. Oh, babies, let's go down, down in the river to pray. As I went down in the river to pray, studying about the good old way of showing growing ground. Good Lord, show me the way. Oh, babies, let's go down, little black baby unicorn, to come on down. Black baby unicorns, come on down, down in the <laughs> down in the river to pray. What? Hey, 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 hey. Oh, Jordan, oh, Jordan, oh, I hope to get to heaven.